Welcome to Launch Left, an intentional space for art and activism, a podcast, a label, a launchpad for left of center artists. I'm Rain Phoenix. Don't forget to rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Today's very special guest, Marion Ra. Ra Ra for Marion Ra. Welcome her to the show. Are you in Mexico City or Los Angeles right now? I'm right now in Mexico. Okay. And you really do split time between the two. Yeah, well, I mean, COVID kind of slowed that one down, but half of the COVID season was in LA and the other half was in Mexico. It just, yeah, it's it's been that way for a few years and I don't know what's going to happen next, but yeah, that's the way it's been. But right now that everything's at a standstill, it just made more sense to be in Mexico longer for now. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, and what do you prefer since you've been kind of, since you were a kid, you've gone between both. Do you have a preference or do you like Los Angeles the same? Well, I kind of grew up uh, more in Texas, actually, and Texas and London. And I don't really know. I think I'm going through a very weird phase. I I loved Mexico for the longest time because it was something that wasn't available to me. So as a child, I always fantasized with it. And then when I became an adult, I decided I wanted to reconnect with my roots and and live it and become it and reconnect. And once that happened, there's a part of me that feels constantly in the search of of this kind of this cultural diversity. That feeling has made its way into your music or your solo record. Uh- yeah, definitely, definitely. It's um, it's such a bizarre, um, it's a bizarre thing to try to to share with other people when it comes to like actually recording because the way I process uh, songs and music is very intuitive. So I don't really like pre-production. I don't like um, injecting the intellectual into things because it usually doesn't make sense what I'm looking for. So I find it really hard to convey what I want. So sometimes the the Mexican roots come out and I'll compose in Spanish and it just flows in that way. In fact, I think it's like I have a friend that always says that it's he describes it as like tuning into a radio. And that's exactly how it feels. Like it feels like I'm in a constant like like road trip. And always tuning in and out of like different frequencies. And so it varies. It really does vary. And this album was really special because of that, because it could be just it was I wanted to tell my story in a in a soundscape. So the way my family left Veracruz when they were very young and the way they migrated up north and through like sort of Texas, up to New York, then to England, then to Spain, and that the just the that 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 map. I really wanted to somehow kind of capture it into into an album. Um, so that's that's the intent. That's why it's like so staticky, and and obviously it was also just you know what was available because it was at home and on a four track, and it was also just the condition of the four track. It was fucked up, full of dust, and I hadn't given it any maintenance ever. So I just kind of pulled it out and hoped for the best. And 
And I guess I grew up fantasizing with just uh, romanticizing the Daniel Johnson universe, you know, of just really being free enough to sit in your basement and do what comes naturally and then just like putting that on an album and then hoping, you know, I mean, I don't think there's a hope. You just like put it out there and whoever resonates with it is awesome. And who doesn't, it's also fine, you know, <laughs> but I've been very fortunate that um, it's been well received and that's been a surprise, but and it was a nice way to debut as well after like being in a band and doing the opposite of production work and like studios and, you know, really glossy, well, um, I don't know, just high definition, well produced. And there was everything about that I always hated. And like, I just never found my sound really through that process. So now like doing my own thing where I don't have to negotiate with anyone and it's just me, it's been really nice. Yeah. So it sounded like, uh, would you say art has always been uh, the journey of almost like a therapeutic journey for you and that this this solo record was was that as well definitely um yeah I think that when you grow up with so much chaos and things don't make a lot of sense it, I remember being about I don't know around seven or eight and realizing that the only way that I could order so much like nonsense was through like justifying everything through art form. And, and I was very clear on that. I was like, I'll just, I'll just be an artist. <laughs> I, just, I don't think I'm going to be like, I don't have the structure to be a doctor or a lawyer. I think I'll just be, I'll just be an artist. And it's always been that way. And um, music and visual arts and just, just fucking about, you know, just like experimenting wherever I am has always been the outlet and finding like-minded people with maybe a similar chaos and understanding the world in a similar way has been a real privilege because it's like a magnet and you attract like people on like a similar uh, journey. And that's been nice. But yeah, I've always felt a bit lost and then music or art gives me like that home in which I can feel safe. Yeah, and you, I know you're a visual artist as well. Um, when was the age that music found you and that you kind of knew that was going to be part of your artistic journey? I, I think I was always just, the, I don't, the way I listened to music from when I was a very young age, it just it, it hit me in a particular spot that I find it hard to think of like a before and after, like when that moment occurred. It was just always there and I would get... I mean, I, I remember being around six and I would like make my own like music videos in my room and we had a VHS camera and I just loved like connecting it and like doing like, it, I wouldn't even record. It was just like on the television like, and I would just like watch myself and like perform and do these things. But I did also have a very repressed childhood. So I wasn't allowed certain things. I wasn't allowed to be too performative so at first, so my hidden dream was to be a musician. And like, I always knew that. And I always knew I wanted to perform, but it was frowned upon. <laughs> Ladies, I was, I wanted the guitar. I was imposed the piano. I wanted uh, rock and roll. And I was forced to listen to 
I mean, I would argue with my mother about basic, even like John Lennon or Paul McCartney. It was like, it was that <laughs> passionate, the whole narrative around music in my household. And um, so art was like the most sensible thing. It was like, okay, I'll be a photographer, I'll be a painter, I'll be something less extroverted and which, you know, isn't as loud. And it took me a really long time to, to, to kind of go back to music because it, I was, I think I was like 25 when I decided to like start making music. And I had already been doing visual arts and creating that path for a while. And it was scary. It was really scary. It just felt really like a foreign language, but it was, it was something I needed to do. I was getting really bad panic attacks and like just so, so much anxiety and nothing would relieve that except music like I would sit down with the guitar and sing and that would just make everything better like unlike any other outlet and so that's when I I think it was the sense of like I was betraying myself by not pursuing it so when I finally did it was uh it like my life began to change drastically and and, and so it is <laughs> wow um, do you mind me asking what, uh, what were the reasons that you moved so much or that your, your family moved from Mexico originally to Texas and then the, the UK and New York? It seems like quite a uh, journey. What, what yeah. was the reason for that? There really wasn't one. Um, my mother was very eccentric. She, you know, a lot of mental illness and undiagnosed, unchecked. Like there was no, basically, and you know, it's funny cause it's like mental ill, like um, mental health awareness. Yeah, month. And so uh, I've really been kind of verbal about the subject. Um, there's so much stigma, so much shame around it. Growing up with a parent with mental illness was definitely something that I was ashamed of. And so I would try to justify this moving around thing and like why I would suddenly, I would go to school for, I don't know, two months and then disappear. And when I would come back months later, my, you know, my, my classmates would be like, what the fuck happened? Where were you? And I'd, I'd just say, oh, um, we, uh, we had a thing and, you know, and you start making up these stories when really it was like, well, my mother had a panic attack and decided that we were moving to France because she thought it'd be nice. <laughs> and so we would live in hotels because she would, in her logic, that was, there was a structure in a hotel. At least we weren't living in like, op in like empty homes. It was like, there was a whole infrastructure where she could just like lose her shit and we would have some sort of, there was like food, shelter, other adults around that could contain the situation, but until it wasn't containable, obviously. But um, that's the most honest answer I can give you. It was really like, my father was a, yeah, <laughs> my father was a businessman. He traveled loads, so he was never around. And my mother just kind of pursued, I think she was always chasing like peace, like just to quiet. Like whatever was going on inside of her, she was just seeking that tranquility. But and that's just it. She was she was fantasizing with like this. I don't know. 
what the hell it was, but I do have siblings, but we didn't grow up consistently together. So sometimes my brothers would live with my dad. Sometimes I have half sisters. So um, sometimes I had whole chapters where I was just with my mother. So I would travel with her. And yeah, we are four girls and two boys. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot. Wow. So it sounds like you, you were uprooted a lot. There was never really a sense of total stability and certainty. No. And, and so instability became the norm. Yeah. And then you found solace in probably art, I'm assuming. And music was your, like you said, your peaceful place through guitar yeah. or whatever instrument. You would have a moment of like, oh, this can go with me everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And singing and but even that was weird because it was always, my sisters um, are also very musical and they sing beautifully. And they're in fact, like they, they were the ones that like really helped me and like kind of guided, they're older. So they, they always guided me in like the, my musical exploration. And, and I really feel like my siblings were my, like we raised each other, like within like the, it was that kind of like, it takes a village. And my raising was definitely a communal <laughs> effort. It was, yeah. So there's a bit of that. You collaborated with someone on this or someone who mixed it, yeah? And um, is that someone that you always work with or was it just kind of someone who was willing to work on this record or how did that happen? Uh, AJ Davila is a musician, producer, an artist that I always collaborate with. I met him, we were on the same label. Um, he's from Puerto Rico and he has a very cool band called Davila 666 and they sort of garage rock. And I've, I was always a fan of his work and we, came, we coincided in LA. He was living there and I was spending a lot of time there. So we got a chance to work on an album in LA and that album, I haven't released that album yet. That's coming out. And just as I was moving towards releasing that, the um, COVID began and he lives between sort of Puerto Rico, the U S and Mexico. So he's always in that kind of moving around and we coincided and we just really enjoy collaborating together. He's a he's a equally um, experimental person. I really like the way he just dives into any situation. Like if I were to tell him, like, I think we should make an album in like a bus station, <laughs> he would be like, Yes, let's do it on a four track and really like, you know, I, I like that we share that kind of um, curiosity. And uh, he was a great bunker partner for COVID like we got you know we got really immersed in it and started like sharing this fantasy of like um the kind of joy uh, Orson Welles uh end of worlds um broadcast universe of like what would it be like if this was it like the beginning of the end for like humanity and like what would that sound like and what if someone were to find this tape like buried somewhere like a hundred years from now, what would that feel like? And so we started creating, like, aside from the kind of the autobiographical journey of, of Deep Cuts, it had a lot to do with like the shared fear that we were in, that we really did feel like, you know, like all kidding aside, what if this is just the beginning of, of what 
the future looks like. And without sounding too bleak, because I think hopefulness is definitely something to reach for. There was, you know, there were moments that were kind of dark and it was nice to like, I mean, I think it just went beyond uh, the musical collaboration. It just became this sort of like human connection of like finding solace through music and through making something of it. And, you know, taking that Polaroid photo of a moment. Yes. And I think too, the two covers that you chose to do were so appropriate when you contextualize the album in the way you just did. So I asked how music found you. I asked about your journeys throughout the globe. Um, another question I always like to ask is what is your form of activism? Uh, I think being honest and vulnerable is a form of activism nowadays. I think just being able to show up being yourself. And I mean, even now, you know, when you ask me like, why did you travel around? Like just being able to tell my story as it was, is a form of activism to be able to talk about mental illness without the fear of like prejudice, uh, even like even um, gender wise, it's just such a big deal. And I do feel like we don't have enough like safe conversations around these topics. I feel that whenever these subjects come up, they're in the context of like something was discovered or like it's a chisme, in Spanish we say chisme, but it's a, like a gossip, or it's, like a, it's like a tabloid thing, when really it's a part of reality. And I think especially after lockdown and, you know, mental health is just so, such a part of everybody. And yet we don't talk, discuss it openly. I, I think mm, 60% of the people I know have struggled at some point with anxiety, depression, you know, eating disorders, you name it, addiction, and yet we don't discuss it. And I find that, um, I, I don't know, it really, that's something that draws my attention. And obviously, in especially in Mexico, with the amount of gender violence, I do try to remain as verbal and active as possible within my community and in the projects and um, movements that arise where I can participate through music, through art, or through just even like conferences to discuss um, just awareness to the amount of uh, machismo, you know, like sh the, the gender inequality in Mexico, the violence is unbelievable towards women. And you know, sexual abuse and all of these subjects that are just—they're not—they're not sexy. <laughs> you know, they're not—they're um, not things people want to get their hands dirty in and want. And people try to remain in like separate from it because nobody wants to get, you know, too naked. Thank you so much for sharing your vulnerability. No, absolutely. Beautiful. No, thank you. I'm so happy that you, you know, that you connected with the music in the way that you did and that even within that cognitive dissonance that it generated in you it was like something that you know that you felt drawn to so I really appreciate that well, I'd love to know what's your next project because you said you already have another yeah right? yeah in fact I'm, I'm actually recording a couple of songs in Spanish this week and um 
I've got an album coming out soon. I I don't I mean I don't have an exact date. It's there, it's ready to go. It's this album I recorded in LA. I wrote it just after like coming out of a really, really bad breakup. So it's like it's got all of the all of it's very messy as well. It's not as don't worry, it's not as dissonant. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Sorry. <I'm> not <laughs> it's a little more um well, I did do it in LA with Joel Jerome and AJ Davila, and it was a wonderful collaboration. It was in a garage, and it was just a lot of fun to do. Um, so I'm hoping that'll come out uh, next year. And this year, I want to put out a couple of tracks in Spanish that I've been working on. Also, I'm excited about that. Yeah, it's you know, um, it's a journey sure and to keep things raw and keep people out of the pro the creative process is also like uh key i think i i, I mean you're obviously a musician and you know that like you have like you create and then it starts going through these filters and then things start happening and then it's like out of your control and that's what i'm trying to prevent <laughs> <laughs> I know that very well, actually, because uh, I kind of do everything. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, it's it's nice, though, when you feel like you have people you can trust so you can not do everything. That's such a nice feeling, too. It's Definitely. rare um, in, in, until you're an artist that has, you know, the kind of means to do that. It's rare to find that mm -hmm. a, team so to speak but it's nice uh, yeah. the idea of it's wonderful you know yeah i know it is no and that's why like the team that i have it's just like why why fix something that's not broken as long as like the the crew that i'm surrounded with as far as musicians and collaborators and studios and i still you know are happy to keep you know collaborating i'm excited because it just works it's so nice i mean there's just people that get excited with the music and just want to participate somehow but i think where it gets tricky is when um the more kind of the corporate side of the business starts kind of seeping in yes and that's, yeah <laughs> no that's what we're not about yeah <laughs> uh that's why i'm glad you came to talk to us because all we really want to know about is the art and the activism and the reason for doing what yeah. you do so thank you for sharing all of that i wanted to see if you're going on the road is my last question are you going to try and play live uh in the coming months year yeah that is a plan this stuff that's you know starting to you know creep up i don't think it's going to be happening full-on until next year but you know little things here and there and live performances will be um in the horizon but yeah it's it's still it's still a bit it's a, it's it's nothing is 100 percent for sure but it's it's in the horizon you're beautiful thank you for being on the show thank you so much it was so nice talking to you rain i'm a fan Hey, I'm Marion Ra, and you're listening to Run with the Sea on Launch Left.
walk in the willows and dance in the sea. They hide with the widows and holler at me. They hold up their breath when they're following me. Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left of center artists in all creative fields. 